Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi everyone, happy Friday! Another Friends of France Friday. How have you been? How about me? I've been hot. Just excoriating hot, thank you for asking. The past two or three days here in New York City, it's just been 80 degrees. 80 plus degrees, and I don't know why. It's literally mid-April. Why are we summer already? I mean, as we all know, climate change. But like, why? Why is it so hot? Well, I can't really complain because I was only working one of those three days that were super hot and I was able to stay home with the fan <laughs> the other two hot days. But I went out to get some running done and it's just so hot and just sweating. And even inside the house, I'm just sweating. And you know what that means? We put so much sunscreen. I doubled my sunscreen in my face and my arms, my legs. Well, I was running, obviously. And even by the window, I put on sunscreen and reapplied sunscreen inside the house because the sun was just glaring. And it's so rightful that our conversation, our whole topic today, and our expert guest will talk all about sunscreen. As you all know, I love skincare. I live and breathe skincare. I mean, I need skincare to survive. It's in my life. As we have said so many times already about my acne journey, I learned so much about not only my skin, but ingredients and the products and skincare routines and tips that have worked for me, that have not worked for me. I love my retinoids, I love my vitamin C, and my moisturizers, and my cleansers, and my essence, and if you could look at my skincare cabinet, some people would just be overwhelmed, and some people are actually asking me for samples and for free stuff, and I have, I have given, I have given samples and free stuff to people because I just have so much skincare. But you know what? No matter how much vitamin C I put, no matter how much retinoids I apply or cleanser I use in my face, all of my skincare routine and everyone's skincare routine would be rendered useless and generally to a great extent inviolable without this one product, and that is sunscreen. I know there's a lot of talk online about sunscreen. Other than vaccines and Accutane and all other homeopathic stuff, there is so much controversy online about sunscreen. I don't know if you're in the skincare sphere or if you consume a lot of skincare information online on TikTok or watching YouTube videos. You may have seen that sunscreen always get the flag. There's always accounts posting that, oh, sunscreen leads to cancer, or this ingredient is cancerous or toxic, or sunscreen is the perpetrator for vitamin D deficiency. I've seen it all. 
We've heard it all. And today, we will talk about all things truths when it comes to sunscreen. Like, what is sunscreen? Inherently, what is it for? And a more general term that you may hear is SPF, or sun protective factor. What is SPF? What is the grading all about? What is the difference between SPF 30 and 50 and 100 or, or there may be in the market? What is sunscreen screening us from? <laughs> What is sun protective factor SPF protecting us from? So you know, we'll talk a lot about UV rays or ultraviolet radiation. We'll talk about skin cancer, photo aging or aging of the skin and hyperpigmentation and dark spots and brown spots and melasma and what is the best sunscreen to use? Do we have to use sunscreen when we're inside the house? Do we really have to reapply sunscreen every two hours? There's just so many questions about sunscreen. And this is the episode for all of you. Today I'm joined by our expert guest, who is my friend, Jamie Kim. She is a cosmetic, medical, and surgical dermatology physician assistant, or PA. And in this episode, we talk not only about her journey into the path of medicine, but also her journey into skincare and her concrete belief in the power of sunscreen in protecting our skin, not only from skin cancer, not only from photo-aging of the skin, but also from usual things that we may see during summer, like sunburns. I truly believe that skin protection is self-care. Sunscreen is the paradigm of that. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, which I titled Pocketful of Sunscreen. I hope you get the reference. I mean, I don't know if Gen Z's, I mean, I am Gen Z, or Gen A, as they call it now, Gen Alpha, Generation Alpha, who, I don't know if you've seen the TikTok video called Millennials Ancestors. <laughs> so Gen A may not know the reference to this title, but it's Pocketful of Sunshine by Natasha Bedingfield. Please raise your hand that you know the song. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Hi, Shereen. Hello. Thank you for joining me today in your first IG Live. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, I just checked the calendar. Can you believe that it's exactly a month since we saw each other in, uh, in oh. Cali? Yeah, when I visited you in the clinic. It's yeah. like time is flying and, you know, it's been so hot here in New York. I think it's been like 90 degrees the whole week. Oh and God, so the sun crazy. is just bearing down on us. And it's just fitting because of the topic of our conversation for today, which is July being UV Safety Awareness Month. So timely because of how striking the sun has been. And when I found out that, oh, July is UV Safety Awareness Month, the first person that came to my mind is, okay, we have to talk about this this year. So thank you for saying yes to me. And if you could just introduce yourself to everybody, please. Yeah. And hi, everyone viewing in. My name is Jamie Kim. I am a physician assistant practicing in the field of dermatology in Southern California. I do both medical and cosmetic derm, which I love. And so, yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you guys more about, you know, sun safety, sunscreens, and all that good stuff. Yes. I yeah. think for some reason, the world of Derm has the most, like, so much misinformation <laughs> online, right? I mean, obviously, there's yeah. a lot of misinformation about all things like the heart or even feels like radiology or whatnot. But there's something about dermatology that there's just so many myths and misinformation about it. And one of them is the sun and sun safety, UV safety, which we will all tackle. 
But before all of that, yes, you stated that you're a Durham PA. And if you can just give a timeline of all the struggles that it took to get to the point that you are now. I know we talked about it before. I mean, it's not just the educational journey, right? There's also a lot of life involved and so many sacrifices involved. If you could just tell us where the inspiration of entering the field of medicine came from. Yeah, just to make a long story short, I was always interested in medicine and I started off pre-med in college and then I realized I really like to teach too. And so after college, I decided to just take a year off, go abroad, go teach English to university students in China. And so I think that, yeah, it was really fun. It was such a great experience. I met so many interesting people. And then when I came back, I decided to get a master's degree in teaching English because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then at the time, I was dating my then boyfriend, now turned husband, who was also pre-med. And so we decided to go on a medical mission trip together to Honduras. And we went together and that really kind of re-sparked my interest in medicine. When I came back, I started looking into PA schools and my now husband he was very supportive of that. And so I looked into PA schools, I took prereqs, I shadowed a Durham PA actually. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really re-sparked my interest in medicine. And so I ended up applying to PA school and got in and the rest is history. So the rest is history indeed. I didn't even know about that. The whole teaching aspect in the medical mission and the rest. It's so amazing. Given all that has happened, like going from education and now into becoming a PA. I mean, there was still a lot of time spent and sacrifices. We were talking about this before. I believe you were pregnant when mm-hmm. in the last parts of your PA school, yeah. right? Like going yeah. through all of that now and being able to practice like independently now. Do you have any regrets in pursuing the field of medicine as a whole? I don't. Yeah, I have no regrets. I'm very happy with my career choice. And I always knew I wanted a family early. And so that's one of the reasons why I chose a PA route. And I have so much respect for the people who do go through the MDDO route. You know, my husband is a DO. And so yeah, I have huge respect for those who go into medicine because it's such a long and hard journey. I have no regrets doing what I do now. There's so much flexibility. And another aspect is that we have the flexibility to switch specialties if we want. And so that's also another great aspect about doing the PA route. And so, yeah, I'm very happy with my career choice. There's a great work-life balance. And so, yeah, I'm very yeah. happy. Amazing. And now delving into having worked as a term PA for years now and this field of dermatology that you said, you know, it's medical, surgical, and cosmetic as well. And I know we just received a comment right now. It's like wondering what made you choose derm as your route in PA, in the PA profession. What uh-huh. was the moment where you were like, oh, okay, I want to do this field of derm? Yeah, I was always interested in derm for some reason. Like when I was uh, shadowing the derm PA, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. I saw him do all the procedures and it was just so fun learning about the skin. In baseball, that was my favorite subject, like derm. And I like that it's very hands-on. I'm a very hands-on visual person. So I like that aspect of derm where I can see the rash. I can see like what can 
uh, and treat it. And I got to see like the before and afters, the conditions that I treat. And so it's a really rewarding field. Yeah, I think I was always interested in it. And, you know, like my struggle with acne too growing up and really a Christian. And so, yeah, you know, I can definitely empathize with my patients who have acne and also eczema because my kids all had eczema. And so it's a field that really tugs on my heart personally too. And so, I love that I can help people who are going through a lot of, you know, difficult skin conditions. Yeah. But I think also people tend to forget how difficult the field of dermis. It's like, they're like detectives, right? Someone comes in with this rash or this, and then you have to find out like what it is, right? You don't know how long it's been there. You don't know if they've used already. You don't know what modalities they have done to try to treat it at home. And right. generally, patients are on the spectrum of how good of a historian they are, right? It's like, maybe they're telling everything, maybe they're not. And just imagine how complex, like, your daily work, especially as it's spanning from surgical, cosmetic, and also mm-hmm. medical. What do you think is the most challenging parts within being derm? A challenging aspect. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with the detective part. I really feel like a detective at times, trying to find out what their triggers were before they got a certain rash. And that's what also makes it really fun and challenging too, the medical aspect of derm, which I love. Yeah, just trying to find out like and empathize with patients because a lot of the skin conditions that they have, for example, like hair loss is very devastating for patients. And so uh, even acne, you know, if they have severe acne, can really impact a person's Mm -hmm. self-esteem. And so I think the challenging part of DERM is really being able to like the root cause and being able to empathize with them and trying to find a way that can help them because not one treatment will work for every patient too. And so you have to kind of tailor the treatment to a patient too. And that's what makes it a little bit challenging at times. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Like I always say that the field of the skin and hair and nails, which is what dermatology encompasses, is it's not just a physical field it's actually a lot of psychosocial and we talked about this before especially it's struggling with acne this derm is something that you can see something that you can touch it's something that's like visible to the rest of the world right like a liver disease yes it can have presentations it's physical like maybe jaundice or whatnot in the later stage but acne you see it from the get-go of the breakout and i guess that's also where a lot of the misinformation lies right because it's so visible to everyone that we try to hide it and we try to treat it by ourselves as fast as possible that we tend to make our own preconceived notions about it. I mean, I remember when I was having acne and I would like be Googling on my computer. It's like, how do you treat this? And, you know, there's so many different recommendations. Most of them are not, you know, evidence and science back. And one of those is the concept of UV safety, which is such a pressing information i mean the past few years especially but i feel like the social media has been on fire about spf and sunscreen and uv the past few months and before we delve into that why do you think that is why do you think this topic of sunscreen is so 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 controversial yeah recently there has been a lot of controversy especially with the whole benzene issue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then with the impact of social media nowadays so much information or misinformation that just spreads almost like wildfire at times you know (laughs) and so i think that's why one of the reasons why i started this platform is to help educate 
people about the skin and, you know, sun safety, healthy skin. Yeah, there's just a lot of misinformation, I think. And I think social media has a part to do with it as well. Because if one person says something, then another person could think it's true, like repeat that information. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to find the right source of information and where you're getting this information. As someone with acne and blemish-prone skin, facial scarring and hyperpigmentation have always been my issues since high school. Acne has robbed me of my self-confidence throughout my schooling years, and having its visible reminders in my face to this day continues to do so. But I have found silver linings of hope having used RescueMD's DNA Repair Complex Serum. Plastic surgeon developed, RescueMD seeks to harness the powers of science and two decades of patient experience in providing a multi-benefit skin renewal serum that provides real results and improves the appearance of visible skin damage. Beyond my personal skin concerns, the serum also seeks to adjust the breadth of damage from varying external stressors, including hypertrophic and surgery scars, burns and chemical burns, cuts, scrapes, and bug bites. All of these are targeted by supporting the skin's natural healing process through its infusion with RescueMD's patented LabCall, a proprietary anti-inflammatory skincare technology that targets skin damage at the DNA level. The serum also contains a hand-selected blend of other ingredients such as peptides to help strengthen the skin, botanicals like rosehip to soothe, and moisturizing agents such as dimethicone and allantoin that helps to speed up skin recovery. The DNA Repair Complex Serum has been my daily friend, and every day, I feel like I can take back what my scars have stolen from me. Definitely, each skin is different and results are not guaranteed, but I hope that you can find your silver lining too. In partnership with RescueMD, you can get 15% off your order on rescuemd.com with the code FOF15. The serum is also now available on bloomingdales.com. Discover what healthy skin healing means with RescueMD. Growing up with my mom, who has been a nurse for the past 30 years, I would always take an adventure in her bookshelf filled with nursing and medical textbooks, encyclopedias, and various human anatomy posters. I still remember perusing through an encyclopedia as a six-year-old, trying to look for pictures of eyes and muscles, attempting to pronounce their lengthy names since I could not really understand the explanations about the different body parts. Despite the myriad of children's books with topics ranging from magical universities to talking animals and the different types of rocks, there weren't really any books in the workings of the human body when I was a child. For children, written by physicians, Dr. Betty and Dr. Brandon, the Medical School for Kids book series now provides a charming, easy-to-understand introduction to the wonders of the medical field. These books feature beautiful illustrations and simple explanations, teaching children and adults alike about the anatomy, physiology, and diseases of the body. From distinguishing a normal mole from melanoma, to discovering the importance of eating healthy food for heart health, to knowing the vital signs that are monitored in the operating room, people of all ages can truly learn something new through these books, as they are designed to teach real medical concepts to readers of all ages in ways that anyone can understand. Take an educational adventure into the intricacies of every organ system of the human body. Paperback copies of the books are available for purchase on Amazon.com and eligible for two-day prime delivery. Kindle versions of the books are also available on Amazon and free with Kindle Unlimited. You can also visit the website md4kids.org for more information. Get ready for an adventure on the medical school bus! Like we said, July is UV Safety Awareness Month. But for those who may not be into skincare or may not be within the field of derm or just the general public, what is 
UV safety? Like, what is the UV part to that concept? Mm -hmm. So UV stands for ultraviolet, right? Radiation. And so UV safety is really about sun safety because the sun is what gives off the UV rays and there's different rays. There's UVA, there's UVB, there's UVC, but the ones we want to focus on are the UVA and UVB because those are the rays that actually reach the Earth's surface. And so it's actually UVA rays that make up like 95% of the UV rays that we get here on Earth. And a lot of that leads to premature skin aging, also known as photoaging of the skin. So, you know, that includes like wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, brown spots, all that. (laughs) I have that too. And so, and then UVB rays make up like the 5% of the UVA And that's more responsible for like skin burning and the majority of skin cancers. And so when we talk about UV safety, we're talking about how to stay safe from the sun. Yeah. You know, when you talk about skin cancer, right, it's like many people just brush on it because I guess there's so many stages and there's so many presentations that the general public are not really that engrossed by it, right? Like compared to like breast cancer or colon cancer or stuff like that. But this is why it's so important that we talk about matters like this, especially about sunscreen and UV safety. And because of that, I would first would like to ask your introduction on what sunscreen is. You know, I feel like sunscreen, each time we think about it, it's like, especially when I was younger, I'm like, okay, in the beach, laying down and putting cream all over the body. What do you think is the premise of sunscreen products in regards to UVC? Yeah, I mean, sunscreen is one of the easiest ways you can actually protect yourself from the sun. And I know a lot of people, you know, don't like to wear sunscreen. This reason, whether it feels greasy on their skin or they don't like a white cast, you know, on their skin or whatnot. But actually one of the easiest ways you can prevent yourself from, you know, premature skin aging or even worse, skin cancer. And so that's why I always encourage sunscreen use, daily sunscreen use for my patients. I always ask them when they come in, you know, are you wearing sunscreen daily? A lot of them will say no, or a lot of them will say sometimes, you know, or I don't wear it every day. And so that's when I have to educate them. You know, it's a good idea to get in the habit of wearing it daily because you never know when you're going to go outside too. You know, you could just a quick, you know, outdoor run to the mailbox or something. little bit of exposure and so you know because i see so many people with skin cancer and even pre-cancers of the skin those are not skin cancers yet but they can turn into skin cancers if left untreated right and so you know that's why i say sun exposure is cumulative you know Mm -hmm. you may not be wearing sunscreen right now but you will see the effects of it like later on when you're older and so yeah sunscreen is definitely one of the best ways to protect your skin yeah I mean, we had different kinds of sunscreens which we will talk about as well. I mean, we see them in creams and sprays. We see them in makeup. How does sunscreen actually work in preventing sun damage? Yeah, so there's different types of sunscreens. There's physical sunscreens, which are the usually the mineral-based sunscreens. I have the titanium dioxide or the zinc oxide-based sunscreens. And those I do recommend for people who have really sensitive skin or for toddlers, kids. You know, I recommend mineral sunscreens. And then there's also chemical sunscreens. So chemical sunscreens work a little bit differently than physical sunscreens in the sense that 
it absorbs the UV rays and then kind of releases that energy. They work differently, but they're both effective. I know there's kind of a lot of hate going on about sunscreens and there's going on about, you know, chemical sunscreens are bad and everything chemical is bad, but, you know, even water is And so there's so much fear mongering about chemicals, but, you know, they really do protect us, right? Protect our skin. And so I think it's important. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what sunscreen you wear, as long as you wear one. I always tell patients the best sunscreen is the one you will wear every day. And so, yeah, not a big difference in terms of like what's more efficient than another, as long as you're wearing it. Yeah, definitely. And that's just, you know, that fear mongering and the whole tirade and chemical sunscreens is just one of the many misinformation and myths that we see constantly spewed out on the internet, especially in social media, especially on Facebook or WhatsApp group chats or even Instagram, especially in TikTok. So many creators, you know, had to make these videos of fear mongering and unbacked sources regarding those things, right? And so I just wanted to list out some of the most common spewed out misinformation about sunscreen. And I would just like to for you to tell us if it's true or false and why so regards to your answer. Okay. <laughs> the first one is the higher the SPF, there's significantly more protection. And now we see this SPF 15, 30, 55, 100. Mm-hmm. What is SPF? And is it true that the higher the number, the more protection that it gives us? Yeah, that's a very common myth. Um, a lot of patients ask me too, which SPF do I wear? So the short answer is I recommend at least SPF 30 for everyone, regardless of their age, gender, whatever, at least SPF 30 every day. Because if you break it down, SPF 15 provides protection against 93% of UVB, right? And then SPF 30 provides 97%. And then SPF 50 provides 98% of protection. So there's not a huge difference. So the more important factor is that you're applying sunscreen and then reapplying every two hours. There's almost a false sense of security if you wear like SPF 100 and people think they're good, but it's actually not because, you know, because sunscreen gets rubbed off, you know, and Part of it dissipates, right? And so yeah, it's more important that you're applying SPF 30, which still protects against 97% of UV rays, and then reapplying that every two hours. Yeah. And SPF being sun protective factor, right? It's, it's just generally just a measure of how much you can stay out in the sun before we get getting burned, right? So, and I think the general public is also, I mean, this is also medicine, say, we are so, so engrossed on numbers, like numbers, numbers, numbers. And when it comes to application of sunscreen, like you said, with reapplying two hours, most of the formulations of the sunscreen that we have, right? Like, yes, you're putting on SPF 50, but are you actually putting the right amount that was formulated in the lab to get yeah. specific um, protection as uh-huh. SPF 50 that we were hoping for, right? And so what do you use on a daily basis in regards to SPF value? I use SPF 30. You too? Yes, I do. I use at least SPF 30 daily. For patients who have a lot of hyperpigmentation or like melasma, which are like blotchy, like dark pigmentation, a lot of women get it. I do recommend at least 50 though. 
they do have to be more careful with this. For the layperson who doesn't have like photosensitivity or any other skin conditions like melasma, I wear yeah. like, recommend 30. 30. I'm yeah. actually very curious just to what you recommend. Do we have to put a different SPF value from our face compared to our body when going out into the sun? Oh, no, I don't necessarily encourage a higher SPF on the body. So, you know, you can definitely keep wearing SPF 30 on the body as well, and then just reapply every two hours if you're going to be outdoors. Mm -hmm. And the second common myth is sunscreen is only needed if you have a lighter skin tone. Okay, yeah. True or false, and why or why not? (laughs) That is false. Because everyone needs some protection against the sun, regardless of their skin color. I've seen a lot of people who get skin cancers, even if they have darker skin types. So for example, like East Asian or African American people can still get skin cancer and sunburn. And so even if you have more melanin in your skin that may protect you from sunburns, you should wear sunscreen on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is one of the parts of information that we commonly see online, right? Like we hear people, oh, I don't I don't really need sunscreen because uh, my skin tone is much darker. And I think in the medical terms, it's the Fitzpatrick skin type yeah. uh, term, right? And right. so everyone needs sunscreen is, Every- is what you're saying. And this is, is probably, if we could get an award, it's the most commonly spewed out statement that we hear all the time about sunscreen is that sunscreen causes cancer. Mm. Yes or no? No. And no. <laughs> there is no medical evidence that shows that sunscreens cause cancer. However, there is evidence that show that UV rays do cause skin cancer. And so, yeah. A lot of fear mongering there too, but that is absolutely false. And there is no evidence to prove that, you know, it does cause skin cancer. Yeah. I mean, the way that information is twisted around in social media, right? Like we see this on a daily basis. It's like trying to get the general public to believe that, oh, no, 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 it's not sun causing skin cancer. It's <laughs> something itself, you know, like so dangerous bouts of information, like flooding yeah. all the time. And yeah. those who, may not have a background in science or are more susceptible to other sources of information online, they believe this information. They hold on to this and they'll be like, oh, is that the case? Okay, it's toxic. I'm not going to put on sunscreen or I don't need sunscreen or whatnot, right? I mean, I can't imagine the amount of patients that you see who are like, oh, I don't use sunscreen because it's not good for you or something like that. That asked me that, like, literally. And then... The other interesting misinformation I found recently was that even wearing sunglasses can cause cancer eyes. I was like, where, where did people get that from? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, there's so many young people on TikTok and social media, especially TikTok. Oh, sure. that. And so <laughs> I just thought that was so absurd. Oh my yeah. gosh. You know, there's something new every day that I hear and like, what is this actually for real like yeah. i think i was in cali i had a live stream with dr Dagny zeus an ophthalmologist a lasik surgeon and she's like oh yeah do you know that there's something called the sun glaring and i was like what's that 
She said, it's basically people staring straight into the sun at oh a medical God. practice. And I was like, what? What's going on? Yeah. And I was like, Is this for real? And, you know, information like that, like someone can just make a TikTok readily and be like, oh, these are the benefits of sun glaring yeah. and sun gazing. And then Toronto people are like, oh, it's like this. You know, that's why it's so important that we have people like you, you know, who have the knowledge, have the education, have the training, you know, has the daily experience of seeing patients in the presentations of these pathologies to say like, no, 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 this is the evidence-backed information. This is what science and literature is telling us. Given all of that and all the things that you tackled about this misinformation saying that no you don't need sunscreen only you know when going outside right like is that also true like oh i only need sunscreen when going outside well so it can be true and false so let me explain if you are working indoors near a window remember uva rays can penetrate through glass or windows you can still get a fair amount of sun exposure just sitting and working near a source of light, right? And so in that case, even if you're not going outside, you should still be wearing sunscreen. But if you don't really work near sources of light, then, you know, you should still be wearing sunscreen. You may not have to reapply every two hours. You should still be wearing it. But in terms of reapplication, you know, maybe the two-hour rule won't apply to you as much as if you were in actual like source of light but yeah generally yes you should be wearing sunscreen especially if you're indoors reapply every two hours mm-hmm. yeah. if windows yeah all throughout high school and bouts of college i suffered from severe acne i cried almost every day looking at the mirror i wore hoodies during the summer to hide my cheeks when my mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, all I wished for was a visit to the dermatologist. I tried so many products and saw so many estheticians, physicians, and other advanced providers. But I know that my mere access to these products and providers is a privilege. Many who suffer from acne and other skin conditions live in many underserved populations where access to dermatology specialists can be difficult due to limited resources. To help bridge this divide, Vanna Padilla, a dermatology nurse practitioner, recently launched Your Skincare Experts Derm Course, which can allow other specialties to provide comprehensive care to patients through dermatology in places where access may be limited. The course can also be used to help better train extended providers within the field of dermatology to feel confident and empowered in their knowledge. From fortifying skin anatomy to identifying skin types and concerns, breaking down acne, building skincare routines, and going over active ingredients, the course seeks to further knowledge in skincare, anti-aging, acne, and overall holistic skin health. Friends of France is partnering with Your Skincare Expert so that you can get 10% of the course with the code France, that's F-R-A-N-Z, or visit yourskincareexpert.com slash France. My skin and my life were changed by the right products and the right people. Through this course, I hope that this would also be made possible for others. Anyone who knows me knows that I love boba. After a heavy dinner? No problem. I have a second stomach for boba, and sometimes even a third. But each cup of bubble tea is definitely a guilty pleasure, given that the average cafe-made milk tea has over 100 calories per serving, over 20 grams of high glycemic sugar, and is packed with artificial flavors. I am so glad that the guilty days are over with Twirl, the world's first canned, plant-based milk tea, with only 45 to 50 calories per serving, and containing 6 to 7 grams of sugar, and low glycemic sweeteners at that, goodbye to sugar crash, 
Twirl is made with pea milk, the most sustainable plant-based milk on the market, regenerating the soil where it comes from. This is thanks to the fact that fair trade and organic are the names of the game, as the teas are sourced from biodiverse family farms in China, Japan, and Taiwan that practice sustainable farming techniques. No artificial flavors are ever used. Choose from three antioxidant flavors of the chocolatey Taiwan-style black milk tea, floral jasmine, and nutty hojicha. Enjoy all of these flavors, each being nitro-infused that you can feel and hear their fresh, silky, and creamy texture with each pop of the can. Let's enjoy tasty, creamy, shelf-stable, and healthy milk tea together for 10% off using the code FRANZ10. That's F-R-A-N-Z-1-0. Now available on twirlmilktea.com or Amazon. Twirl around in its goodness. I don't know if you saw the TikTok video, but there's this one girl who like religiously reapplies sunscreen really? like every two hours. Like she shows her day of you know, putting her cream in the morning and yeah. then at two hour mark she has the sunscreen stay. <laughs> and then two hours later, I was like, Proxy you. I mean, I do reapply, but I don't know if it's like constantly in your brain. Like, oh my gosh, I have to reapply now. So mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. having said all of that, like just stating you may need sunscreen also when inside, given that UVA rays penetrate glass and windows. And in regards to SPF and sunscreen not causing cancer, but instead preventing it. What are your general recommendations for someone when choosing a sunscreen? There are so many different types of sunscreens out now, which can be good, right? Uh-huh. There's a foam, there's like lotion, and then there's so many different formulations, yeah. different right? Which can be great, but it can actually be a little bit overwhelming trying to choose which one, and there's so many different brands. And so what I usually recommend is you know, trying a couple of different ones. I like to give samples out to my patients of different branded sunscreens and having them try it first before they buy it. And so, you know, for me, I don't like having a white cast on my skin. And so I only try to use chemical sunscreens, but then I also like tinted sunscreens too. And so it just depends on what kind of skin type you have too. Like if you have the drier skin type, then creams, right? If you have an oily complexion, then maybe a gel because those tend to be a little bit more mattifying. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, just depends on your skin type too and what looks and feels good on your skin because then you're more likely to keep wearing it. Yeah. What's your thoughts on sunscreen sprays? I've used sunscreen sprays before. They're not my favorite just because you can't really tell how much you're putting on, right? And like this, like spray, yeah. and, and like it kind of like sprays all over the air too. And so it's convenient. It can be convenient, especially if you have like little kids and they're like very squirmy. It's hard to on them, but it's hard to know how much you're actually putting and so I guess the rule for spray sunscreens is that you put on until your skin kind of glistens. That way you know that you actually put on a fair amount and then just reapply. Do you have a top one or top two sunscreen that you use on a daily basis or your go-to sunscreen products? Yeah, you, you and I both like the dermatology sunscreens, right? They're really nice. I don't leave white casts on my skin. You know, I, I prepared this one just to show you. Because <laughs> it provides a little bit of sheer coverage. Yeah. Bad for dermatology. Yeah. But no, I'm just honestly sharing what I love. 
Anthropology. They have really good sunscreens. They also have one that's non-tinted. That's the mm-hmm. purple one. I really like that one. I've also been actually enjoying this one from MD Solar Sciences. Mm, I've heard about it. <laughs> right? No. But yeah, this one's really nice too. This has ceramides, niacinamide, antioxidants. It's mm. SP- also provides a little bit of sheer coverage so yeah i've been really enjoying these and then you know i also like to try a bunch of new like yeah. korean brand at tweed house and so i really like yeah. this i love it yeah i yeah. love korean sunscreens yeah like the ones with coverage too like yeah. it's amazing i love it so i just like to try different ones and kind of mm-hmm. rotate through. But yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, I love it. And I also love the eucerin that you gave me in Cali. That one's nice too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> this one, right? Yeah. yeah I love really it. Cool. It's actually yeah. my go-to now every day. Oh, like really? I mean that in dermatology. I love oh, it. Yeah. Thank you so much. For oily skin types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oily I have stone. this one's really good. And I have an oily season. I mean, as you can yeah. tell. Oh, look at that. Look at that. That, that is not a glow, everybody. That's oil right there. <laughs> but that glow is good, though. A lot of people yeah. want glow. Until I say, oh, it's actually oil. <laughs> but, you know, having, having gone through all of that, and thank you for all the information you gave us about sunscreen and, and UV safety. And I mean, I can also imagine how tiring it is to see and read all this, you know, misinformation online. and seeing real time with your patients, you know, the dangerous and detrimental effects of what misinformation can do or just no information, like not knowing the information can do. And, you know, every day just working and hearing stories from patients. Like I said, dermatology is a very psychosocial field as well. You hear so many heartbreaking stories about acne and this and that, you know, physical presentations of skin conditions that's open to worldwide view. How do you decompress out of work after such a long day of hearing people's stories that can be heartbreaking and, you know, that's emotionally telling? Yeah, yeah. As much as I love my job, at the end of the day, I'm sometimes really tired, you know. And so I think everyone needs, you know, a way to decompress. I am actually pretty introverted. I would maybe considered like an extroverted introvert, but for the most part, I'm very introverted. So I like to decompress on my own, like being by myself. I really, truly enjoy that. But I also like to, you know, spend time with my family. As you know, I have three young kids. And so, you know, I'll take them for walks or hikes or, you know, we recently got a dog. And so we'll, we'll go walk with the dog. And that's actually a big stress reliever, just being yeah. in nature and yeah being with the dog it's actually a really good stress reliever and so yeah I just like to go outdoors um you know wearing my sunscreen and yeah. a hat first but yeah that's how I like to decompress and, and occasional k-dramas right <laughs> yes can't forget about that <laughs> yeah. can't forget about that Jamie <laughs> it's been such a pleasure Thank you so, so much for joining me today and spreading all this great and quality information and for allowing me your time, especially being your first IG Live. I mean, I know we planned this for a while, a while yeah. now, and it's finally happened. And it's exactly a month from when we you know, saw each other in California. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, airing you. your time. Yeah, thank you so much, Christian. I really enjoyed doing this live. Thank you for having me. Such an honor. Oh, yeah. no, the honor is fine. Thank you so much.
we have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of France. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guests, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer, turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories, and give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of France Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.